Hey, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And this is Talking Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversation. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion, but we've been lucky enough to write, produce, and hang out with so many incredible rising artists since we started our project. Whether it's at sessions or parties or over cups of coffee, we've talked with our creative friends about everything. Music, life, love, and all the subtle complexities that come with being in the middle of a journey. Talking Lion is about hitting record in these conversations and sharing them with you. There's no real structure, nothing really prepared, just friends talking about life and what it's been like and where it's going. We now have a Patreon for fans of our show to help keep this going. Subscribers will become a part of the show in various ways, from providing questions to our guests, to getting a shout out on the show, to actually being on the show to chat with us. We'll even send you a mug. So check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash talking lion. Recorded this episode with our friend Miranda Glory. I first met Miranda back at Berkeley when we were taking the co-writing for the Hot 100 class together. We reconnected out in LA. Some context for this interview. We recorded this remotely over FaceTime. Miranda had recently released a song called Lost Cause and had been on the NBC show Songland. A caring friend with one of the most unique voices we've ever heard, both as a singer and a songwriter, Miranda Glory continues to forge her own path through the industry. So, without further ado. I'm Miranda Glory and this is Talking Lion. Hello. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing well, you know, just trying to maintain some level of normalcy in this crazy world. How are you guys? I <laughs> get that. We're, we're good. It, it occurs to me that you're probably one of the last people we hung out with like before everything went crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is crazy to think. That wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah, we didn't realize it at the time. We didn't you know, know how good we had it. We yeah. were really thinking only about The Bachelor. We were really only <laughs> thinking about... That was the biggest drama at, at the time. That was, was the biggest drama at the time. Was how, how stupid can Peter be? Right. You know, how stupid can one man be <laughs> for all one of pilot, America to pilot, yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, he's happy now. I think yeah, he, yeah. Ma- he made it out the other end. You know, <laughs> he you really got, did. There's something to be said for that. Yeah, he will, he, <laughs> he made it out of the ABC machine <laughs> and into a happier life. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm happy for him. Yeah, that's the hero's journey. That's his art. That's his art. <laughs> he's changed in the process. <laughs> He's crossed the threshold. He sure I, has. I think, I think you knew it was, it was bad for me in the, the quarantine when I sent you the review I wrote of the finale of The Bachelor. I wrote like like a three-page <laughs> review. That was a long review. I wrote like a really long That's... review of of like the narrative structure of The Bachelor. <laughs> uh, Important stuff. Hilarious. Yeah, you know, we all needed a hobby. Yeah, that, I mean, that was a nice nice night though. We all, we, all, we went to Norm's. We went to Norm's after that, uh, the Lost Demo show. Yeah, at our friend's place. Oh yeah, I don't think I went there. Yeah. Did I? No, we. Yeah, we. You sat next to me. We shared. Oh, you mean? There. Oh, the. I thought that was somebody's name. Oh no no! <laughs> I was like, no, we went to. Yeah, we have we have this old Jewish friend named Norm. <laughs> Norm's house out there, you know. Have you ever met a child named Norm? Yeah. Like what? That's that's one of those names that just doesn't seem like it should. It it's not meant for an old person. What was the other one we were saying the other day? Um. Uh. uh I feel like no. Gary. Yeah, I feel like you don't know yeah, like a lot of people our age. Uh, yeah, if I, if I saw if I saw a toddler named Gary, I would, <laughs> I would call bullshit. Bonnie, Bonnie, you don't see a lot of Bonnies anymore. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. You know, when was the last time you met a met a Bonnie like in the wild? <laughs> you know, I actually met one recently. Really? Like our age? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. That's Still rocking cool that parents, name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You should, you should be you should be like you, you are a rarity. You are <laughs> in you know, the wild. Just 
in a <laughs> never, bonnet. Never, never seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Bonnie short for anything? Benitris. Bon- Bonifer. <laughs> Bonifer. Benitris. <laughs> Benitris. <laughs> yeah, that was what. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Bonnet. <laughs> I don't know. Bonnet. Yeah, I like to. I like to think that Bonnie is short for bonnet. It doesn't. It it's, doesn't it's really. It's not shorter. Anything, but it, but, no, yeah. it doesn't get shorter. But it's just another word. <laughs> Have you found like, you know, are you writing much in the quarantine? Like, has that been something that has increased or decreased uh, overall for you in all this? I think it has probably decreased, but I've just been focusing on different things, I guess, which is kind of cool. Like writing alone, which I haven't done since like yeah forever, like which has been really fun to just reconnect with like, you know songwriting and like how I used to like you know do it I guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've been really enjoying that um and just like I feel like when you write with other people so much you kind of lose sight of who you are without other people mm-hmm, so definitely. and like what I'm I'm also just like can I write a song like is that something I can do like <laughs> anymore I don't know so I've been like pleasantly surprised that it's still possible but yeah other than that I've done like some sessions over zoom and stuff and I also like was pretty used to that format just because I think I've mentioned this to you. I don't know. I like do the same thing that like Jay Stolar does where you like write with people on through like a company and like on Skype and stuff. Yeah. So he does that and a few other people and I've been doing that for a couple years. So So you're already well equipped for. Yes and no. Like I'm used to that format, which is like, you know, a very specific way. It's like two hours and I do it this written way. So it's like a machine for me a little bit. And then (laughs) But like when I'm working with like people that I don't regularly work with on that, it's a little it's been a challenge, I'd say. I don't know how you guys feel, but it's like a little bit it, can, it when you get stuck, it's worse, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's we, pretty, trash we pretty much haven't you, done it. Oh, OK. Yeah. We, yeah we, we pretty much like because what's interesting is I feel like Noah and I work really well remotely individually. Mm. Like I like when we worked on our first record. He was in Rome. I was in New York. So yeah. we got like that. And we have to work with other artists remotely on songs that already exist. We do pretty well because we know that language. We know that interface. Also, like I do, I, I'm still doing some film work. And, you know, when I, when I first was doing film work, my boss was in Brooklyn and I was in Boston. So I, I, I was used to that format, too. So for everybody else trying to relearn how to do remote stuff, we like had that. But for some reason, starting a song over Zoom has been really, really hard. So we, you know, I, I've at least like taken the not do it. Instead, we've been like revisiting our stuff. I, I really like doing the podcast over Zoom actually though. Yeah. You know, phone calls are phone calls are phone calls. Yeah. You know, I think people get a little bit nervous when they're like in the chair with a with a mic up. Yeah, that's very you know? true. Long answer to a short, short question, but I, I feel like I haven't quite been writing as much, but it is nice coming back to kind of the 100%. We just put out our first song that was like 100% us in a long time. Yeah, it's incredible. And- I, I meant to say that at the beginning. I loved it. You guys always wow me, so. Oh, oh thank you. Yeah. I mean, we feel the same way. And I'm actually about, you know, half this episode is going to be me talking about how much I love your music Aww. and writing. Like, but yeah, that, it's been, there is something interesting though that a song that's 100% like, and I'm not going to qualify it as like better or worse or like whatever, but it sounds different. Yeah. It's, I it's agree. Different. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because um, I think a friend of mine was like kind of the one that mentioned like, you should just try writing alone again. Like, and I was like kind of resisting the idea for a while, just out of laziness probably. And then, 
once I did it, I ended up having a lot of fun. And I also like was like, wow, this does really sound like me, like because it's like no one else there to like sculpt it otherwise, which is not better or worse. You're right. It's just like it's just cool to see the difference. That's it. Like it's cool to have both, I think, aspects in your writing. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very much with it. I think the only reason my writing's decreased in this is because I'm very much a, like write what's in front of you writer. You know, it's why I like sessions because somebody comes in with their, you know, chip on their shoulder and, and I get to sort of define yeah. that. And I, I write really well after breakups or, you know, while sort of panicking about friendships or relationships or anything. Mm-hmm. But I think I've actually like been pretty calm in all of this, yeah. you know, it's we found a routine and, you know, I, I haven't really been losing my mind. So there's not as much to write about. <laughs> yeah. Me, you know, which, which which is arguably the discipline of writing is writing when there isn't anything in front of you. But I'm not there yet. I think I got a lot to learn before I'm ready to save anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand um, that, though, for sure. It's tough when there's nothing just like outwardly inspiring you. But I don't know. I've always been the type of person that like has had, I feel like the same general themes of my life like have kind of repeated and I've made the same mistakes. So it's kind of just like that constant, oh, this again, I can probably write another song, (laughs) another 10 songs about the same subject in just like a different way. (laughs) Well, you have just interesting flips and concepts too. Like I think, yeah, I think I didn't even entirely understand like what work a great concept can do until like listening to your music. Like there's, (sighs) I mean, not, you know, like, it was just interesting. I mean, you know, and and I'll we'll go through some songs individually later, but it is interesting. Just like I feel like every time I run into to you at like a party or whatever, I always bring up like emotional drunk. But like, there's <laughs> there are there are songs that you've written where it's like the concept is so good and so like driving that the song kind of just like falls into place around it. And I think that that's like a really important thing to remember. You know, for people writing. You know, that's it. Yeah, and. and 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 that's that's the skill to hone, I think. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. For sure. Where where are you from again? It's kind of a complicated story. I'm <laughs> I was born in Santa Barbara, actually, randomly. Oh, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> My dad is from California originally. But when I was like two or something, we moved to Michigan. So I kind of grew up in East Lansing, Michigan, till I was fourteen. And then when I was fourteen, we moved to New York. So from like high school oh. on, I was in New York city so we kind of moved around every year but always in the city what what area of the city mainly manhattan or was it all over all the boroughs well funny funny enough we actually moved originally the first year to the bronx which was a very intense culture shock for me because i came from a very like whitewashed suburban town in michigan and then and then moved to the bronx which is just like all different cultures surrounding you and just being surrounded by people constantly. So that was just one year. And then after that, we moved to Harlem. And then after that, Washington Heights, which was where my parents were at the most of the time. Did you know him from Westchester? Yeah, I remember that. I remember remember New York. I don't know if I specifically remembered Westchester, but... I just didn't realize we were like like the same Metro North stop at one point. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> Did you play around the city at all? Oh, yeah. I was obsessed with open micing and like playing gigs as like all through high school. Probably like I guess I started when I was maybe like 15 and I like became obsessive. Like I would go every single night and I would like write a song that day that was unfinished and I would just like go play it. And just like <laughs> I literally like made up the bridge to to that song take like live. I'm not even joking you. I was like, I don't have a bridge yet. I'm just going to go and play it. And then I just made that up (laughs) on the spot. And then I just like kept it. I mean, that's such a good bridge too. Like that's crazy. Someone take me 
Yeah, but it was funny because I would just drag anybody that would go with me. Like at that point, like I would my parents, my sisters, like my boyfriend at the time, like it was just like somebody come with me like to the sofa mic and every night and they were like, we're sick of them. And I was like, "Okay, (laughs) I'll go alone. But yeah. Uh, did you ever go to the Sidewalk Cafe? Because yeah. that was the open mic that I was obsessed with. All I the went time. Every Monday. Wouldn't it have been weird if we were in the same room at some point? We really could have been. It's probably it's entirely possible. possible. I just like that one. The, the line was so ridiculously long sometimes. And I like just sometimes couldn't handle it. <laughs> it was it was the only open mic where the people who went on, I thought were just more interesting than me. Mm. Like I was a pretty, like I know that sounds like somewhat narcissistic. I was a pretty precocious kid. I was a, a young piano player. I thought I was the shit. Uh, and then I went to this open mic and everybody was a weirdo and awesome. Yeah. And it was one of those things where it's like, if I got to play that night, it was great. But also if the poet <laughs> wanted to talk about uh, his dead dog. I was also chilling and it was great. Yeah. I would go to the a different one a lot on Monday nights, which was like Vivaldi. I don't know if you ever went to that one. Oh yeah. I went I went once with um Matthew Silver, like the guy with the crazy beard. I feel like the, I remember that dude. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, and he had the fake chicken. Yes. And he, he had a viral video that I yes. at one point wow. of him like for, like yeah, he played there all the time. I would go to yeah. Vivaldi. Huh. Yeah. We were probably in some of the same rooms. That's kind of interesting. And then like I worked actually at one that I I played there so much that I eventually just asked them for a job. It was called it was called Vagabond Cafe also on the lower west side. But then it like so I worked there and the the first day that, that I worked there. I like never grew up drinking at all. And like they had wine there. And I remember they just like, they didn't teach me anything. They were just like, OK, go ahead. And I was like 17 or something. And like somebody ordered wine. So I just like filled a wine glass to the top and like gave it to the guy. <laughs> and the guy was like, wow, thank you. And I was like, that was wrong. But yeah, I like my parents never grew up drinking. Like it just wasn't like a thing I'd like been that around, especially wine, because I feel like wine is like an older people thing to do <laughs> now i understand but at the time it was just kind of funny but i just i i, I love the, the image of just somebody getting like a or you, you realizing that you did wrong by how happy somebody was yeah. with service was like, like, as a general rule. it's like that is not my job as a bartender i'm, I'm supposed to people are supposed to be sad yeah it's like pe- people should be looking at that glass like i just paid twenty dollars for that i just paid twenty dollars yeah literally yeah. <laughs> You need to you need to be undersold constantly just to keep it just to keep your your morale low enough. I feel like it was like his utter shock combined with like happiness, you know, that like tipped me off a little bit. But oh man! But you did a good thing. You I did th- a good thing. You made his day. You made, I did. You made his day with a, yeah. Like I'm imagining now as an adult, if if a if a bartender served me a full glass of wine, I would be like, whoa! It's, it's Christmas. If anything, he peaked. I feel like now he's gone to various restaurants. Like. Phew. Yeah. yeah. You know, what if that was his? What, what if that? What if that was his first time ever ordering wine at at a bar, and you totally skewed his perspective of what <laughs> of what that? And from that moment on, he complained at every bar he ever went. That to. would be hilarious because he was also like probably like forty. So if that was like the first time ordering it, it would just be <laughs> like be really funny, <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, but the thing was, it was like a cafe, so like they just happened to have wine and beer. But like I didn't like know what I was doing at all. It was pretty much a shit show. But I mean, you know. Uh, work is work is work is work. Get the bag if you got it. Yeah, literally. As it goes. 
when did you go to Berkeley? Um, so right out of high school. So it was 2011. I started and then I took a semester off, which is why I ended up graduating in 2016. Yeah, 2016. Got you. Because, yeah, I was trying to like sort of line up. My first memory with you, and maybe if you have an earlier memory, forgive me, but my first memory was when, because you and Noah were in Hot 100 together, which was like a, a class where they would sort of pair up in almost like a session format. There would be an artist, a producer, a writer, and you would make a song. Uh, I was not in the class, but I was tertiary, you know, just watching <laughs> this, like all these geniuses come out of this this class. Um, but you guys would write in the dorm. And I remember you guys were working on a song. I believe it was called IOU. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. that was Producers Choice Week, where, was, where we, in the class, the producers got to pick who they wanted to work with. I'm like, I want to work with Miranda. And I want to work with Annika, please. <laughs> like, I've, I I got first pick. I'm like, the, these are the people who I most want to work with. And we wrote that that so, silly song, IOU. Yeah. So it was you and Annika Wells. And I was like, just lying on my bed. And whenever there was like a line that I didn't, that I thought was like a little clunky, I was like, ah. And you guys would look at me. I'm like, no, nah, never mind. It's whatever. <laughs> and and then you guys are continuing like ah, and you're like, do you want to say something? Maybe? Like nah, it's, it's chilling. Whatever. And we go and we're like ah, okay, fine. Like the the is a bit intense right there. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. And then and then we ordered pizza. It was the wrong pizza, and I still owe you. I still owe you a pizza. Wait, that's actually so hilarious that we wrote a song called I owe you and you're like always like I still owe you a pizza from that day. Like <laughs> I have never put those two together. <laughs> me neither until this moment. And <laughs> but also you do not owe me a pizza at all. I owe you a pizza with interest. Mm. I you know you're I like, pay my debt. Or like thirty pizzas at this <laughs> yeah. point. And- no, listen, I listen. I, I think like the the APY, the annual pizza yield uh yearly whatever i don't i don't know what the y stands for in general but the annual pizza uh, yearly is, is like what maybe 25 percent. so let's see a pizza is divided into four slices that was five years ago so i owe her just another pizza there you I go need another pizza and a slice i just did the math of that wow yeah i mean feel free to just send it along whenever you feel generous <laughs> i <Hey>. will eat it <laughs> Was that a, was that a music was that a pun on our song? Maybe. <laughs> we'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know. <laughs> but I mean, it could have been. It was. How, how did you guys kind of come to be friends? I, th- I think it was just because of Hot 100. I, I remember. Yeah. I, I felt like the sort of little kid on the block in that class. And I remember like just being absolutely blown away. I, I, I'll actually I'll never forget the, the first week. It was like we came back after our, the first week of assignments and y'all played One Hit Wonder. And I was like, whoa, you can do that? Like you can just make a song that's that good and that fun in like such a short amount of time. And I was like, okay, I really want to work with Miranda because your voice is insane. Your writing is great. I was just like absolutely blown away oh my by gosh, the talent in that class. And you were one of those people that I was just like, holy shit, I really want to work with this person. So I think ever ever since week one, I was like, I just wanted to like sit down and write with you. And I'm glad we finally got to do it with, uh, with IOU. Yeah. A, a, a note about, the Hot 100 class as somebody who did not take it is that there was a disproportional number of successful songwriters and producers and artists that have come out of that class. Yeah, literally. Compared to literally any other class. It was it was the, it was the concentration of like the people who were like really seriously doing the pop thing, which was a small minority of people at the time. Yeah, it was like I mean like Annika, Jake, Tory, you, Dwilly, Dwilly, Wyatt. Yeah, like, that's so true. Jackie I Foster, Jackie Foster, all those people, Amelia. 
Yeah. Pretty much like like the the, peop- the people out here doing the thing. It's like, did you take the class? <laughs> you took the class. Yeah. <laughs> ben Camp would be um, proud. Definitely. Yeah. You guys you guys wrote together a bit too, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Me, Dwilly, Jake, and Ben wrote a couple songs, which was really fun. That I mean, yeah, I, re- I remember when that song came out. It was uh, I was on a mega bus and it was just like everything about this is great. Like the writing is not so like, you know, just, but I think, I think I was like, like low key properly obsessed with take when it came out. Oh, thank um, you. It was you and Jason, right? J house. So I wrote the song alone, just like on guitar. That was like those days, I guess. Cause it was so long ago. I was the New York, the New York times. The, I, mean, well, I mean, the- it was like early Berkeley, I guess when I wrote it, just, you know, one of those crying, little, like, <laughs> 3 a.m. heartbroken. Was inspired acoustic by acoustic guitar. By oh yeah, like I didn't. I actually wrote it, and I was like, I'm never showing this to anyone. Like I literally just wrote <laughs> it because I was like, I actually was crying, but kind of like laughing when I was like, there goes my shirt. I was like, that's kind of funny. Like you know, like crying, laughing, <laughs> like one of those experiences. And then, and then I, my best friend came and visited me in Boston, <clears throat> like my best friend from high school, and I was like, oh, I'll just show you this thing I wrote, and she was like, no, that's like really good. You should like finish that and like actually like do something with it and I was like oh all right so yeah I think I think at the time then I like went home and then I was playing open mics like inter- intermittently like in New York right or shows or something I don't know and then I probably just finished that <laughs> somehow like that <laughs> I don't know but yeah so then once um it took a while till I actually did anything with it I think I like recorded it just on acoustic again like with a friend at Berkeley and then I remember there was a pitch, like a pitch. I don't even know what we would call that. Like, I think Ben Groff came to Berkeley. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys remember that. And then like. From <laughs> We Are the Guard? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He came and like the, everyone was like showing songs and he like played just like that acoustic version of Take. And I remember I didn't know Jason Hawes yet at all. And he was in the audience and I guess he Facebook messaged me, messaged me after and he was like, I really want to produce that song. And I was like, <laughs> I think I didn't even like see the message or something until Hot 100 when I actually met him. And then he was like, I had messaged you and you never responded. And I was like, I don't think I ever saw that. But like, anyways, <laughs> after Hot 100, he ended up producing it and he did a really good job with it. There goes my Awesome. What I liked about it was it was like, you know, it came out around the time when there was some of those sort of like down tempo sort of understated thing. And it was just so it was so focused on your voice and so led by it. I was like, oh, shit, this is this is how you do it. This is this is this is the this is the standard, y'all. Like Aww. that was, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I, I remember just really also like connecting with the vibe of it overall. Thank like, you. And I, I've, I've probably said this to you before. I was really late on the songwriting game. So I pretty much looked up to like everybody who was like just doing it really well. And I was like, how do you, I mean, similar to now, I'm like, how do you write? How do you do that? I feel like I was now, doing the uh, same thing at Berkeley. Cause you were like, y'all were like first, weren't, weren't you like really like second semester or something when I met you or like something like that? Yeah, we were, we were just, I yeah, think just that, the second year. Yeah, second year. I was, I was third semester when I started Hot 100. Yeah, that was like my eighth semester. <laughs> because like, I just like, 
was in Boston anyways for one more semester. So I was like, oh, I might as well just take Hot 100. Like that was just like an extra class I took because I was like, oh, I'm sure I'll meet some like cool people. And like, so I was like, that was literally like the end of Berkeley. But when I was in my third semester, I was felt like I didn't know anything. I was like <laughs> so blown away by everybody else. I was like, oh, I don't belong. Well, that's <laughs> I think that that's kind of like the hero's journey, you know, the arc there, too. I think that if you get into songwriting and you think you're the shit, then you wind up writing a bunch of bad songs that nobody calls you out for. Yeah. If you like go into songwriting, you're like, I'm a bad writer, but everybody around me is amazing. Then you learn the things that you like about other people like other people's writing. Yeah, and I just feel like that's what I've always done in anything I've ever wanted to get better at. I I like I recognize the fact that I'm bad at it and then I'm like let me get myself around people that are good at this. And then like <laughs> even though it's like terrible for your ego and you're like god, I'm trash, like you eventually just start to develop some of the habits that they do and you get to like learn from the best people. So I feel like that's what you do or at least good advice for like anything you want to do that you want to yeah. get good at fast, you know? If you're surrounded by people who are inspiring you yeah, like constantly, then all you have is up to go. Like all you have is the sort of drive to get better, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, we definitely also saw the other side. We definitely saw the, the, the quote unquote songwriters of Berkeley who were like, I'm great. And I, you know, and then it's just like the girl world, June moon spoon stuff. <laughs> and nobody called them on it. You know, nobody was like, hey, you know, maybe you should maybe take a sec. Take a moment. <laughs> you know, maybe, sit down. Sit down. You'll learn something, you know. Sit down. Be humble. Like, yeah. I'll, right. I'll, I'll never forget. I, I was I was a producer one year for Perfect Pitch and I had to go through like 120 <laughs> s- song submissions. Jesus. And like there are some there are some stinkers in there. Like there, <laughs> there, there are some there are some just like straight up like how did this how did this uh, get through like bad songs? Like there's some there's some people I'm just like, how are you here? I thought and that then, a and lot. There were songs that I was like absolutely blown away by. But like <laughs> there it's. You know, there's a there's a wide, uh, diverse variety of, of of songwriting brains at Berkeley. Let's, oh let's yeah, say. my 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 joke, and I but I mean it seriously. Is like the best thing that could have ever happened to me is that I entered Berkeley being a terrible piano player and songwriter <laughs> and a decent talker. <laughs> like <laughs> I talked a big game and then had to like show up for it. And I think that the the needing to show up right is what led to like any kind of like you know kind of kind of growth. Right, or whatever. that's hilarious. Yeah. I feel like for me, it was just like I just I very vividly remember like my first semester of Berkeley going to like I think they just had like an open mic thing. And I just remember everyone was like playing their songs. And I just like went back to the dorm and cried. This is a common theme Mm -hmm. in my life. I just cried. I was just like, (laughs) literally, what am I doing here? I don't belong. Like, I am trash. Like, you know, like literally all the thoughts that you have. And it took me like three semesters to get over that, I think, till I was finally just like, I'm here. It's okay. Just like, you know, just work and get better and everything. But like, it definitely like overwhelms you like hearing all of the good people but then also I feel like later in Berkeley, Berkeley the same what you ha- what you just said happens where you're like wow how did these people end up here <laughs> in the opposite way like <laughs> when I think I think the further you get into Berkeley like pe- people start to diversify yeah. and it becomes less about like how good you are and like more like how good like this how, like how good you are at your thing yeah, yeah that's so true so like true. No- nobody nobody that we knew wrote like you you know and I I feel like one of the things I appreciated, especially like when you guys were in the dorm, was you were very inviting of like, oh, like I know you're not in the class, but like come by. And I had never ridden before with like other people or whatever, you know, like the fact of the matter is that, you know, to hone your your craft, 
you know, you need the invitation first to like not be nervous or not. Yeah. You know, but, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you write really specifically and I think, I think I, I write really specifically too. And I think, you know, there have been times where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a terrible writer. And then I'm like, well, I'm not supposed to write that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I write a different kind of, you know, maybe I, maybe I, I, I use one too many words, but that's, <laughs> so did Sondheim, you know, <laughs> like whatever, yeah. you know, there's people come back to write, you know, with you for the thing you do the best, not for the yeah. thing that anybody else can do. Cause then they'll go to anybody else. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> no, that's very true. I think like understanding what it is that you bring to the table takes a long time to figure out. But once you start to figure it out, you're like, okay, this is something that I have that people are drawn to at least. And like, let me just like lean into it, you know, which is cool. I was, you know, I was, I was looking, looking into your stuff, listening to your stuff. And, and I, I know, you know, I, I know your songs and I've, been to your shows but I didn't entirely realize how much you were crushing like the EDM game as well <laughs> just like I was seeing you know I saw the, the rehab song and, and the Dennis song and and Lion who is also Berkeley friend yeah and uh uh like they're also incredible can I just want to know like what the you know what it was like to sort of work you know in that space as well like from you know you've got like this sort of folk and pop quality to you know to this other other kind of world, you know, that you do really, really well. Thank you. Yeah, I think it, it was definitely like an interesting thing that I just started getting opportunities in that world. So I was like, oh, might as well just like take these, you know, as they come. But yeah, like as someone that actually did not listen to EDM at all, like I, I it took me a second <laughs> to like rewire my like brain for that because I was just like, I think it's specifically the Lion song, like he like has a very specific way that he wants like lyrics and melodies to go, which I think is cool. But it was like very different than I would write a song, you know, like if I were to sit down and work on something. So like I definitely learned a lot from those and like it was definitely cool to see a lot of people connecting and like a lot of people still reach out to me about them, which is like cool. So but yeah, at some point I was like, wow, I've done a lot of that. And I like that's why recently <laughs> I've been like, I really want to move away and just start doing my like artist thing full on and like kind of take a step back from that for now, at least because I feel like I've kind of like a little bit lost sight of like what my sound is like minus all of that. Mm. So that's been kind of my main focus for the past like few months and just getting like a bunch of songs done that are just me and like just going to release them and I'm just going to like see what happens, you know, and that's like I feel like all you can do. <laughs> oh, definitely. So have you have you found there's maybe like um, a divide in like your your listeners and your fans between like the the EDM people and the the solo project? people like do you find that maybe some come along you know towards like the folk folker popier stuff or do you find that they're more divided camps um I I guess I just haven't put enough solo stuff out recently like I, to really give you like a fair answer on that because for sure it's just been like yeah a lot of collaborations and stuff and like that's why I'm like interested to see what happens but I also like am at kind of at this place right now where I just I don't really care. Like, I just kind of want to put out the music that says what I want and like sounds like I want. And like, if people are down for it, I'm happy about that. But if they're not, I'm also just like this. I just really want it to be like very intrinsically me. And like, I love that. you know what I mean? Like, and I'm hoping that people like it. But I'm also just like, yeah, I like it. You know, at least that's where I'm trying to get to. Obviously, every day it's like that battle of like, 
you know, self-hatred and love, but right. you know. I mean, yeah, that's just, that's just a classic. Yeah. yeah. Play yeah. the hits. Yeah. Play yeah. the hits. Right. Yeah, par, par for the course. Well, recently you had, you know, this opportunity to have people focus on, on you as a, as a artist and as, as a writer, you were on, you're on Songland. Yeah. Yeah. It was, what cool. was that? What was that experience like for you? I had a lot of fun. I really like feel like I kind of just lived it up in that moment. I was like, you know what? This doesn't happen too often. Like I'm getting paid to like not be going to work and like, you know, (laughs) so I was like a lot. of. I feel like a lot of people tend to like be really critical of whatever the thing is, you know, Berkeley or whatever it might be. But I was like, I'm just going to like have fun and see where this takes me. And like I was already just so humbled to be there, like and be able to, yeah, present a song to Usher. So I was like, this is sick. And <laughs> I had a blast and I like have no regrets about the experience. It was like literally like nothing negative, you know, like I got to meet like a lot of really cool writers and artists just from other episodes that were filming at the same time as well as mine. Everyone was so nice and like just really talented. And yeah, so I really like I, I feel like I got everything I wanted to get out of it and made some cool connections and people like have reached out and been so kind about like, Mm. you know, my song and just everything. Like I've just gotten so much love from the experience that even just that is like enough, you know, like anything is fine. So I was just like really, really, really happy with that experience all around, I'd say. And that, I guess, you know, really speaks to the fact that a reality show is doing right by the artists that it has on. Yeah. You know, that, that, you know, artists who are, I think artists are very shrewd and very good at like picking out, you know, where <laughs> things maybe don't feel good in, in the, in the gut, you know, and yeah. when things are maybe a little bit shady and, and to have like the sort of consistent narrative be that like the show has been good and the community, like the, the songwriter community around it has been good. Yeah. Um, that makes me really happy to hear. And I'm happy that you had a, a good time. It was, it was really cool. Like it was like, I mean, same, I felt the same way seeing you as, uh, as we felt seeing uh, Axel, just like our friends are fucking cool. Our friends are doing the thing. <laughs> our friends on TV. Our friends on TV. I mean, there's, there's honestly no better feeling than just being like, my friends on TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. And just like the reaction to like, people hearing about it and like being so happy for me was just like honestly so sweet because like I feel like I'm sure you guys can relate to like just how much goes into it like you know how much you're pouring every day into this and then like a lot of people don't really get what you're doing and they're like especially like Mm -hmm. you know extended family whoever like they don't know they just think you're like I don't know, gallivanting, like, singing right. songs. Uh, like. <laughs> I think I think my, my, my brother put it really, really well, and he said it's something that grandma would get. Like, we do so much, we do so much, like, work, you know, and, like, it's hard to explain how cuts work. It's hard to explain how, you know, certain deals and the significance and even, like, you know, uh, let alone like, a, like that, but let alone like I've been trying to explain production to people. Oh, that yeah. is really like, difficult, like. Try, I mean, try try explaining a, a a podcast too. Just like, so how do you make money? I'm like, we don't, but it's valuable. Uh, <laughs> it, like for our for our soul and the community, whatever. Um, uh, but like, you know, on, on one of our songs, we got like a like a Billboard article, and I it didn't do anything for the streaming. It didn't do anything for the playlist. It didn't do anything for anything. But Grandma called me and was just like, "I saw you were on the uh, on the billboard." <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I, that's 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 not how my my grandmother actually sounds very normal. But that's how it <laughs> felt. Was just she was she she understood something that happened, and you know, you were on TV, and it made like, it all worth it. It's like Miranda was 
was on TV. That yeah, be, she must be doing something right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my grandmother's calling me about you. She's like, Miranda, it's on TV. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because it's like, yeah, it's so many people in your family are just like they they finally have something to like very concrete that's easy to like share with everybody else to be like, this is what somebody in my family is doing, you know, and it's like. Just for that reason, it was, like, really nice for them to be, like, oh, you do this and, like, this makes sense. And, like, just the show does a good job of explaining, like, or showing how much goes into it out into just making one record, you know. So I think that's really cool, too, for everyone else in the world. What I admired about the show was that, like, you know, I'm a big believer in, like, you know, our, our job is to find the best version of a song but that any song could have, you know, millions of different versions. Like we're trying to find what the song is sort of demanding and, you know, trying to to hone in on what that one version is. And I think to hear somebody play a song and then for Ryan Tedder to hear another version of the song, that is, you know, to qualify it like better, I guess, because Ryan Tedder <laughs> knows what's better, you know, uh, <laughs> unequivocally, <laughs> he does. Uh, uh, the track record you know, shows and, you know, just, just showing what that process is, because I feel like people think that like writing a song is like what it looks like in the movies. Like you start at the beginning and then the song is done and you're inspired and a star is born and, uh, August, August is rushing, you know? And, (laughs) um, and, and it's a lot more like you have, you know, maybe if you're lucky, it comes like that. And then it's, you know, friends or yourself or collaborators sort of finding the best version of what you just did. Yeah. It's just cool to see how many ways people can approach the same thing. I've always loved that about like anything creative. Yeah. But something that like I specifically love like songwriting it's just like it's always so cool to like come together and just and see how like somebody like Ryan Tedder does it or somebody like Esther Dean does it or or just like somebody I admire like a friend does it. I'm like oh that's really sick like I never thought of it that way and it's like something you can continue to always be inspired by so I'll, I'll never forget uh, in the first songwriting class I ever took with Ben Camp he did this exercise with us where we all stood in a circle and he put some lyrics up on the screen and he played a beat and he asked everyone in the circle to go around and sing the lyrics that were on the screen and a group of like 15 songwriters all sang the same lyrics in completely different ways <laughs> they all came up with completely different like rhythms and melodies for the same words over the same beat and i think about that constantly like just like how different people's brains like will come up with different musical material like that's absolutely wild yeah it's one of those things that just like never gets less interesting to me yeah if anything it always gets more interesting because it's just like how did we like even when you're just working with somebody and you like hear it like you know when you're like writing with somebody and you are so concentrated on yourself and you're like i have this idea i have this idea and then somebody sings something you're like wait like, that is wait, that's way better than yeah. that's like a different universe than anything in my brain was coming up with. Exactly. I'm always curious about what rubs me too. Like, you know, when somebody sings a melody and you're just like, that is a functional melody. It's <laughs> it's harmonically correct. It is even hooky. And for some reason I need it to end on a different note. Yeah. Like, why does my brain do that? And like what what it calls that? I mean, I think about this constantly that, that it's as much inspired by the fact that I listened to Lincoln Park when I was 14 as it is by, you know, listening to 
Charlotte Lawrence's new single. That when we're writing, it's like everything we've ever listened to ever, yeah. having a dialogue with each other within your brain subconsciously as you're listening to somebody else come up with something. It's a it's a crazy mess. <laughs> it is. And it's like it's so you're so right. Like when you're like listening to somebody, you're like, just needs to go here. I, I get very fixated like that on things. And like I'm way worse than everybody at like harmony and like I like suck at that stuff. So I can't even like explain it in those terms. I'm just like it needs to go to the place where it no, goes. I mean, I'm, like I'm the same. <laughs> it's like I mean it's a it's a gut thing. I mean even when it yeah. comes down to production stuff, like I've you know, Noah and I have like obsessed over like milliseconds of like where a snare is and, um, you know, like like having something dead on a beat versus slightly off. Mm. Like when it comes to vocals, those are two correct answers and they are equally correct for different reasons. Yeah. And so why is my gut saying that it's off time? Like, why am I obsessing over? Yeah. You know, why do some songs I like, you know, having the breaths in and some songs I like having the breaths cut? Like. Why are we like this? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And like, that's funny because during quarantine, I've been a little bit getting into production, just like just dipping my toes. I like, got Ableton, Splice, like just kind of messing around. I would not say anything serious, but it's like so many things you could do. That's the way I would describe yeah. production yeah. as so many things you could do and so many things that you should not do. Like, you know what I right. mean? Like, yeah. And finding what is only necessary is like I feel like what you got to do but it's like I just like I'm just messing around at this point but I'm constantly asking my like my producer friend I'm just like how do I like know what the bass should do and he's like you just do what feels right and I'm like I don't know <laughs> I, I, I still I've been I've been producing I you know one might even say professionally for years and I still every time I sit down on to work on a new thing I'm just like what should the bass do I don't know like it like the, the blank canvas terrifies me I'm just yeah. like I don't know what the right thing is and I just have to try something until I'm like I think that makes sense yeah but I still second guess myself at every step of the way what's nice is that an education like what we all we're lucky enough to receive an education gets rid of the should column because you know there are harmonic things you shouldn't do and there are um you know sort of technical faux pas that wouldn't necessarily make sense and whatever and that is the should side of it and but the could is like this like developed quote unquote capital s skill it's like the taste in your stomach it is informed by everything you've ever listened to and every conversation you've ever had yeah. and every podcast you've ever been a part of <laughs> and that's a really nebulous thing it's really it's really bizarre to me, I, I I wonder, you know, how how much of my day to day is informed by literally like every episode of Frasier I've ever watched, mixed with, you know, that one Israeli pop song I listened to when I was thirteen. Uh, yeah. And the answer is a lot. The answer is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, because it's still coming to mind today, so it has I'm to. I'm <laughs> still think I'm still thinking about it. You know, yeah, it's still, it's still happening. <laughs> I think that's what's so like magical about like creativity is like you don't know and you never will but like somewhere deep within your mind it's or I don't know gut I don't know what you want to call it it comes out you know and it's it's so intuitive it's just like this feels right or it doesn't feel right you know and it's like you're just like yeah this just is what I went for you know you just it's, go it's, a, it. it's a it's a rabbit hole I feel better not thinking about I think about yeah. all the songs that weren't written because I was hungry right Mm. You know, or like all, you know, because there's construction outside my house. How many songs were ruined by construction? Not the recording of it, just the fact that I woke up more tired than I maybe would have been. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know if all the what ifs are worth thinking about, but it is 
definitely a brain exercise that will get you spiraling. <laughs> a mind fuck, if you will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. an absolute <laughs> mind fuck. <laughs> Speaking of good songs and intuition mixed by the lost cause of trying to go down that spiral. <laughs> oh Tell me about your song, Lost Cause, that just came out. That's a yeah. segue for you. That's a pretty know, good segue. Yeah, but, you you know, got to respect the hustle is, on th- that. These are my 10,000 hours. This is how I win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great transition. Um, that song was actually my best friend. One of my, well, yeah, probably I have like two very best friends. And one of them is from Berkeley. Her name is Kat Kennedy. So she and I had been meaning to write together for a while. And she just, I think she just invited me last minute. And she was like, do you want to come write with this guy, Jason Sibiakumo, who also went to Berkeley oh, in my year? Yeah. I, I worked with him at the, yeah. at the phone-a-thon, at the phone center. <laughs> I worked at the phone-a-thon too. So did Kat, you did? actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's such a sweetheart. Um, he's so good too, yeah. So good. So I, like, I, I knew his writing and we kind of knew each other, but we'd never written together before. And so I was like, sure, why not? And I remember having, like, really bad traffic to get there. I couldn't find a parking spot. <laughs> I was, like, running out of, like, I was literally at my brokest point. Like, it was just one of those times. I'd gotten out of a breakup. I've gotten out of like a mess with my, you know, some people. (laughs) And it was just like a lot of things. So (laughs) a lot of things were culminating and like brewing in me. And I like I just remember going into the session and like we didn't have a producer. It was just like an acoustic guitar he was playing. And I was like, okay, cool, let's do this, you know. And I hadn't written on guitar in a million in a while. So we all just started talking about our shitty lives and <laughs> and basically just not being where we wanted to be and like wondering if we would ever get there and like just being sick of being broke like honestly and like you know just that kind of like every day I'm like and I was like in this debate with myself like is it worth it like do I should I quit like should I get a job like should I have because I literally like actually I'm moving literally on Thursday, but up until oh, wow. Thursday, well, yeah, I've been sharing a bedroom for like the past two years, like oh, wow. able to yeah. in order to afford to live in L.A. and like all these things. So it's just like I've made like a lot of sacrifices and like I was just like, is it all worth it, basically? And like they were both feeling like the exact same way. So we all just kind of came together and like just had that feeling of like what are we doing, you know? Mm. And so Jason just started playing these chords. I just, I think I just started singing that. We might've settled on the the title or something, but then I just started singing that melody for the chorus. And then I think Kat was like, if we did the lost cuz thing. Am I just a lost cause? Or am I feeling lost cause? I can't tell the difference between my fear and intuition. And I was like, whoa, that's fire. Like, you know, (laughs) so that like we all just kind of like it just like I think we all like cried when we wrote the line about the mom, too, because I was like, my mom will call me and like ask me what I'm doing. And I'm just like, I don't know, like, you know, but I don't want to tell her. And like, mama called, brushed it off when she asked what I'm doing. The truth is, I don't really have a clue and didn't want to let it down. And we all were just like sad about that and like just talking about it. And like, yeah, so it just kind of flowed out really like really authentically. And that was like the first time in a long time that that just like process had kind of happened where it wasn't so much thought in it. It was just like a lot more like of an intuitive like 
flow with co-writing, I guess. Well, it was palpable in the song. I think you could tell, you know, I, I always think that like you can really hear it and feel it when there's like skin in the game of a song, like when there's like something real about the song as opposed to it's like this was like session one of like a hundred, uh, you know, and I had to go in and crank it. Like there was something really special about the song. There was something really special about like, you yeah. know, what you, were, what you were playing at there. Yeah. Know? And the funny thing was like, so I had I had been I have been sitting on tons of songs for the past few years that like, as you guys know about emotional drunk, like everything, like I've been <laughs> sitting on music for years and that's why I'm so motivated right now to get things out. But Aside from that, I I had a playlist of songs that I sent to my whole family, just all like all various levels of production. But Lost Cause was the only one that was just a voice memo. Wonder if I'm getting any closer. If everything is right around the corner. I tell myself to keep working harder and getting farther. Am I just a lost cause? Am I feeling lost? Cause I can't tell the difference between my fear and intuition. Am I just a lost cause? Or just a little off course? I can't make a decision. So I keep waiting, I keep wishing. And I just <laughs> sent it to my family. And like my sister's husband and boyfriend, whatever. That was the whole group. And I just said, which song do you guys think I should put out? Whatever you guys think. I don't know. I'm like totally like can't tell anymore. And the only thing that they unanimously agreed on was Lost Cause. And I was like, <laughs> that's funny. I was just like, and that doesn't have any production. The voice memo was just like, you know, just us singing it in the room. And I was like, all right, there must be something to this one, you know, like because <laughs> I felt I felt that. But I was like, this isn't really like necessarily the style I was going to go for, but I was just like, whatever. Like, I love this song and it it's really like meaningful to me and honest. So I was like, Let, I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> I love that. Well, and that's the thing too, is w when you're writing something that has to resonate with the most amount of people or like resonate broadly, when, when you have an, a unanimous answer, which almost never happens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's how you know, you know, that's yeah. like really, really how you know. Yeah. Cause um, everyone, not, everyone put like, one other thing like they were all like okay I like this one but also lost cause like it was always like lost cause plus like xyz but like nothing else was the same <laughs> it was just like that one i was like huh interesting <laughs> <laughs> so you're off to the races you know <laughs> yeah i was like guess i gotta do this one well i i like and what i like about it too is that it, i think it hit me in the same way that like take did is i i heard the emotion in it like i heard you know this great writer and your voice is obviously incredible like i heard i heard what you were you know, sort of mentioning earlier, sort of coming back to you. Yeah. So it's, think, if it's if it's indicative of everything that's coming, I'm 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 very much looking forward to it. Yeah, I think I'm heading in like a little bit more of the like R and B direction, which is kind of fun for me because that's what I've kind of always wanted to do. But I think I was like afraid to fully just go there. So the whole project is turning out to be like that, like R and B, but just like hella honest, like whatever. I'm trying to make it as like real, but still, you know, keep it. Keep it with the Miranda concepts going, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, we we really can't can't wait. I, I don't have a, a segue or any context <laughs> for the next thing I'm going to say. I just want to put it out into the, into the episode. I think the last time I saw you play live, you were playing with a broken foot. 
Oh my god! <laughs> I don't. Again, there's no segue. There's no concept. There is no, no no segue needed. It's just it just it was crazy. You're like I was like that was a great show. You're like thanks. I broke my foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think at that show I had a broken foot, and then like the foot was almost mended. Like I'd been in this boot for like a month or something, which you have to sleep in that thing. I don't know if anyone ever oh told God. you, but no. it is the most uncomfortable thing ever because like, it's just like a big heavy boot in your bed. Like it is horrible <laughs> anyways. And like, it was the middle of summer. So not the most awesome thing anyway. So that had finally was about to mend. And then that morning of that show, I literally caught my toe on the shower on stepping out and broke it. So the oh, other foot <laughs> oh God. had a broken toe and I was just like a mess. But, but you played like <laughs> one of the best shows I'd seen. Aww. And then you were like, oh, by the way, I also have a broken toe. <laughs> I, I actually have a healed t- foot and a broken toe. Like <sighs> at the same time. You know what, you know what they say? Like, when, 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 uh, when it rains? W- no, when God closes the door, he opens it, breaks your toe. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I, that's what I've heard. Yeah, the yeah, good old that saying was... that really relates to my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anything, that was, yeah, that's your specific, you know, fortune cookie. You know, it's just like when one opportunity ends, another breaks your toe. Another breaks your toe. <laughs> another toe breaks. Cause like since then, I've done the same thing on my, on the shower. With the other toe. See, I'm really you happy. Break your to- toe again? I broke it the exact like opposite one. It's like this specific Whoa. thing about my shower that like it's higher than my mind perceives it to be. So whenever I step there now, I'm like super careful. But I again, I am moving. So this apartment will there. haunt me. Seems cursed. Yeah, yeah like they, it they is. Say, fool, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, get a different shower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> move. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Are you ready for the question round? Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> That's the most hesitant anybody's yeah. ever been it's, about it's, the question It's round. not that scary. Not first, that scary. first question, if you dare to answer. God. Uh, oh, no. What is, your, what is your phone background? Oh, this is so boring. It's just like the stock, like, gray iPhone Background. Whoa! Oh. That's that that you know. That's... Wait, can, let's let's unpack that. <laughs> Why have you have you simply not chosen to to what compels a does, person? Does to... customization scare you? Are you afraid of being an individual? You guys uh... are like, are you a psychopath? Is what we wanted. <laughs> that's I didn't want to come out and say it directly, Listen, your, but your that words, is the question. Your words, not ours. You know. Um. Okay. So here's the story behind it. I, I used to have like, you know, a cute couple photo and then, you know, you go through a breakup and you just got to like get something else. And then everything else just was like, I don't want a picture of just me. Like, that's weird. And then I was like, I don't have an animal. So like, otherwise it would be that. And then I was just like, I think I tried changing it a few times and I was just like, this is like distracting me. And so like the soothing, just like most basic background, like I just don't have to think about it. I don't know. Interesting. So at this point in my life, <laughs> that is what's doing it for me. I, I respect it. I think there's something there's something to be uh we, we could all learn from from <laughs> taking it, my, my background's being... me, so am I a weirdo? I feel like I got personally sniped in, in uh But in like is story. it you yeah, it just alone? Yeah. Okay, well, well it's, it's I mean, photo, I don't have... It's not, it's not just like a regular photo. It, <laughs> it's an artsy photo. Meg, if, Meg we're, took if we're it, just yeah. a regular photo, oh, okay. you have well, like, I, It's a cool photo. Yeah, you can't that's even tell different. That it's you. Yeah. I don't yeah, have the, like, self-confidence to, like, look at myself 
I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to fucking look at myself <laughs> yeah. when I open my phone. No, like so, that's, so that the, the reason I, I like out. mine is that Meg Meg took it like sort of in the dead of night. It's like the silhouette, and it's oh, like this really cool. artsy photo. But it's like it's how I always like wanted to look. Like I feel like it's a cool photo, and I'm not a cool person. And so if I ever need to feel kind of cool, I like look at the photo. It's kind of like I look like Batman. Like it looks like the Batman oh, damn. version. That's dope. Uh, I, I had a, I had a couple photo uh, back in uh, October, November for exactly five days. Oh, I, you know, I I, I for, for the first time made my background a couple photo, and I, I should have known I, that was the jinx of it. That was the, I jinxed it. I don't know what this says about me. I've never had a couple photo as my phone background. You hate love, Miranda. Do we say it? Are you are you a sociopath? No, uh, my, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm just a bad kidding. At commitment. No, I'm pretty good at commitment in all other facets. <laughs> but that is the that is the one line that I've never crossed for some arbitrary reason. Yeah, I don't know. I think I only I didn't do it before my past relationship either. Like my most recent one, it was more just like, oh, that's a cute thing to do, I guess. But like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm really liking the no the no. Uh, background like just like a very calming one well it's you're, you're always looking at your notifications anyway yeah like, right it's like you don't really see your background yeah it's so. a background so it's like well for me it's if i can clear all the notifications on batman right yeah. <laughs> that's the treat that's pretty yeah that's pretty good yeah it's, a, it's incentive i tried having affirmations one time it's Ooh, just like like okay. like you like you go and make your life good like i, had, I wrote out a whole I thing love the to affirmation, you go and make your life good yeah that's a good affirmation. that was that was basically the gist of it it was just like it was just like don't fuck it up <laughs> I'm going to change mine to that. that. Weird. Don't fuck it up. That's what something I need to remind myself of. So I could. I yeah, could, that's, that's a good. I, I, that I, one. I I'll take 5% of your comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Next question is, do you have a non-musical hobby? I do. Astrology is my Ooh. hobby. Yeah. All right. I'm an Aquarius. Tell me everything I need to know about myself. All right. So Aquarius is a free thinker. They're like. Definitely like the weirdos of the Zodiac. They like, what's that saying? Like walk to the beat of their own drum or whatever that saying they is. They have their, their own photo on their background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're very into um, the way things work. Like they need to figure out how something works. Like they like... They're humanitarian. They like stick up for the like little guy type of people. They like like to help other people as much as possible. They can be a little bit detached in relationships and I have an Aquarius moon so I know a little oh. bit of Aquarius but yeah they're I mean, you're, very you're artistic I mean I I definitely vibe with everything you're saying I won't disagree you know <laughs> I it gets a lot more know? detailed than that uh, that's just you know very I've general stuff I've actually I've, I've 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 dated people who have been really into astrology and at one point I in a sort of huff, I was a, I was a bit younger. In a huff, I was just like, "You can't tell everything about me by my star sign when I was born." All that stuff. She goes, "That's such an Aquarius thing of you to say." <laughs> yeah, I feel like so I I love anything that puts me in a box. I like the Enneagram. I like like literally anything that just like just validate all my crazy, and I'm I I love it. Like I'm like I feel so validated. But I know I hate people. I feel like so many people hate being put in a box. I'm like do that it makes me feel like i'm not insane like i don't know <laughs> the, the the next the next big uh personality test craze is they actually put you in a literal physical box I would love yeah to be put in and a you box. just see what there's a reason there's a reason cats love it yeah, you see how long you can last in that box and that's your personality type that is, that is i think you could tell a lot about a person by how long they <laughs> like last, last in a in box, a box. <laughs> <laughs> i think we're onto something oh man 
You might get sued, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, no, I mean, they sign waivers. It's, you know, it's the price of science. It's, it's the, the price, price of, of progress. the price of progress. Very um, Sagittarius Aquarius thing to say. <laughs> I'm I'm a Sagittarius. I go. know. There I remember. <laughs> Next question is: Do you have a skill that you would like to have? I have like boring ones that I think would help me in life, and then I have like fun ones. I just wish I was like a financial anything. Like I'm just like terrible at finances and like I'm terrible at like I get anxiety about them like I just can't even like get a budget together for my like it's stuff like that like money things like I wish I had like that kind of skill or like maybe it's really just uh responsibility I don't know <laughs> but anyways <laughs> it's an important skill yeah I mean I I think a fun one though I wish I've always wished that I could draw because I really love mm. drawing Ooh. I love it, like, but I'm terrible. I just like enjoy it so much. I like. I feel like I like all creative things, even if I'm bad at them. Like, I just like am drawn to them, and like, whenever I'm like sitting here writing on Skype, like I'm drawing at the same time, like, and like side note, <laughs> like I just like enjoy it a lot. So it would be sick if I were just like dope at that. You know, when like you're little and there's that one kid that's like so there's good. Always that one <laughs> kid. And you're just, like, so like, good. I asked her to train me, and she got frustrated. <laughs> I was like, teach me how to do it. And she's like, you just have to be good at it. And yeah. I'm like, that, that, is, that is too far. Yeah. Like, you can't, you really can't learn it. I, I'm convinced. <laughs> but no, it's, I, it's like singing. It's like, you you can get better if you just decide to do it every day. But like, yeah. some people are, born some pe- some people are just born good at singing. Yeah. But. I mean, the same could be, yeah, same could be said for, for any kind of innate skill or, or anything. I'm jealous of anybody who doesn't have to rely on anybody else for their cover art and obviously like we have the luxury of not having to rely on producers or anything like that but it'd be nice if like that was also just like one thing that we didn't have to worry about yeah Uh, so true like uh, i don't know if you know sad alex but she draws all of her own cover art and like i love it it looks great it's amazing and i'm just like i'm jealous i'm like i I wish i didn't have to worry about that part of the the process that's so true i wish i could do that too i wish i could ice skate (laughs) but you can't at all I, I mean, I kind of can, but like, I wish I could like properly ice skate. Like, like are we talking like hockey or like du- like like double like axle? triple axel like yeah. skating? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can Hell you imagine yeah. me just going around <laughs> doing a triple axel? To be honest, like, now I can't unimagine it. Yeah. Yeah. If, <laughs> if anything, I'm stuck with that image for the rest of the day. Well, yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> On to the most important question of the question round: Would you be a pirate? Yes. Nice. Sure. Perfect. There. Yeah. Full stop. R. Why not? R. It sounds I. fun. <laughs> <laughs> I really like being on boats. Like, okay, yeah, there and you I, go. And that's, I never, that's an important, that's I an never important get part. I, I wouldn't be a pirate partially because I don't, I'm terrified of the ocean and I, I was, just wouldn't do it. I was looking, I was looking at boats yesterday, like old pirate ships, and like, don't ask me why. And uh, <laughs> there was, uh, there were like some really big boats. Like, there were boats that were like, you could like, take some real time going from one end of the boat to the other. I believe that. Like, you, you know, we imagine these like pirate ships, like Pirates of the Caribbean, like you could walk from one side to the other in maybe like 30 seconds, but there were boats where it would take you maybe five minutes. I don't know. I didn't try to walk on it, but like, I just mean to say, like there were some roomy boats, some really cool roomy boats. Like a That's cruise all. ship. Like, yeah, kind of like a cruise, like a cruise ship. Yeah. We have, I mean, we have big boats nowadays. No, but it was nowadays. like a cruise ship. <laughs> oh my god i can't with you <laughs> yeah those are enormous i've been on one recently it it's it's terrifying in venice because they come like really close to the to the shore and it looks like there's there's particular streets like really narrow streets when when the cruise ship drives by it looks like 
like an entire like building is just going by and <laughs> because moving. it is basically it's and like oh yeah it's a whole floating city it's terrifying yeah. yeah it's crazy do you have any tattoos if so what's your first yes i have three the first one is two sparrows on my neck and mm-hmm. they're two different colors that one my sister got and it was like to represent me and my other sister and i was like oh well, i really love that and i'll just get it too so <laughs> Oh, that was really that. <laughs> and then Do you have the, a favorite tattoo? I think my favorite one, I have this willow tree um, on my wrist, which I really like. Mm. My sister and I got that as well. Just another sister tat. And then I think the funniest one is like I have a pineapple, just like a small one. And I actually, <laughs> I've never paid for any of my tattoos. Like both of those were like presents. And then this pineapple was just like, I won an Instagram thing, which like who, who, who are the people that win, wins Instagram things? Me. Apparently, okay, yeah, no, that's, that's, I, that's like, a special skill. Yeah, I didn't know that that was going to happen. I just like it was like one of those things where the girl was like tag two people and then like I'll draw a name and then I won. And then she was like, you have to pick from these like stock things. And I was like, OK. And then I like just was like, this pineapple is cute and I like it. And <laughs> why not? And so there you go. That's I got great. it. Yeah. I can't believe you won. I'm like, I'm like me neither to this day. Yeah. <laughs> I want to win a car. I want to be one of those people yeah, who wins a car. Yeah, win, win that Tesla. No, I believe uh, in you. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Um, <laughs> what was the first concert you ever attended? Muse. Ooh, Mad- that's a good one. Yeah. Madison what, what, Square Garden. What album? Wait, wait. What what year? It was like not that long. Like it was like the Resistance one or whatever. Was that okay? I was there at the Madison Square Garden one. I was at the Madison Square Garden one. Yeah. It was my brother's birthday. Oh my gosh. So yeah. in high school, I was friends with Bobby Cannavale's son. Ooh, and okay. he just got us all front row Madison Square Garden tickets. <laughs> so it was sick. <laughs> it was a really good concert. Like it, it was, was a really good they concert. They put on a awesome. show. Yeah. Um, hey, but hey, we, we, were, we were in the same room. That's crazy. That's crazy. Do you have a scar with a story? Yeah, I do. I just was telling this to someone the other day. It's not that great of a story, <laughs> but on my leg, like, I think we were, it was like not that long ago. And I did, the reason I was telling someone was like, I didn't think this would scar this bad, but I was just walking out of an Uber. And then I guess there was a car with its license plate kind of like sticking out and my leg Ooh. cut on it. And we were just Ooh. like, and I just like continued to go to a bar and I was like, this is just bleeding and that's what it is and like i thought it would just like heal and now it just this like gash in my leg i'm like okay. oh my god <laughs> yeah that'll, that'll definitely do it <laughs> it was like of course right where my i had like holes in my jeans like right there like is where it <laughs> scraped me of course <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that your your feet don't have scars from all the times you've you've broken here <laughs> me too honestly i guess that's like just bruises that i guess eventually heal <laughs> yeah it's the scars on the inside. It's the scars on the inside. Yeah. You know? that's, what, that's what keeps us employed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what we write about. Um, what are three thoughts you have right now? At very this moment. Mo- at this very moment. Um, you guys are really nice. Hey. Well, thanks. Another okay. thought. I want to buy another candle. Ooh. And Ooh. another thought. I'm just looking at this book that I got, um, which was a re- recommendation from my therapist, which is really Ooh. interesting. What's the book? <laughs> It's called Love and Limerence. Hmm. Who? Limerence. Yeah, so Limerence is a new thing that I've learned about. Apparently, it's like not very known, but it's like (laughs) 
this thing <laughs> you should just look it up honestly everyone look it up it's very interesting and you can see whether you've experienced it or not but it's like a very like intense infatuation with somebody to the point where like you can't do anything else like basically oh. and you and you can't move on but then eventually it ends so it's like it's like a, it's like a type of love yeah my therapist is like yeah every time you've been in love in your life it's been like drugs for you and i'm like oh that's probably something i should Look into. <laughs> Look into. Yeah. I see. I sorry. I thought. I thought the title was "Love and Limericks," and I thought that you're about to say that it's a book of just like I once met a man at a bar. <laughs> we no. took it outside to his car. <laughs> we ate lots of food. Then we got nude. And then we got nude. <laughs> now he's my boo. Uh, no, oh wait, it changes. Uh, uh, my bad. And now, and now he's, and now he's a Hollywood star. There you go. There you go. You could you could write that book, Love and Limericks. <laughs> Love and Limericks. Yeah. That, that is honestly a book. That is a coffee table book that I would have a hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> if I saw that at a bookstore, I'd be like, that's cute. I'm gonna buy it. Um, <laughs> million we have million dollar ideas all the time. Yeah, truly. We, we, we got we got a we we're, got, on one. we're on Capitalize one. on oh. these guys. And lastly, what are you looking forward to? Mm, I'm really looking forward to putting out a bunch of music, honestly. I know that's probably oh, what yeah. Everybody says, but like, <laughs> it's very true just because I felt like for so long, I was like, yeah, just not able to put out the stuff I really wanted to and just going back and forth and second guessing everything and, you know, the whole fun music thing. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just really looking forward to putting out stuff I'm proud of. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's well, great. We're looking forward to hearing what you put out yeah. because- you, you've always inspired us as a songwriter and as a person and Aww. we're just we're just we're fans and we're in your corner so hopefully Thanks, hey hopefully maybe we can even make some some songs together yeah i would absolutely love to I, we were okay. gonna make that happen like before quarantine and then the world ended and we literally yeah. were like hey like let's do let's do a podcast episode slash session in person and then the world ended like yeah <laughs> Sick. As, you know but but, but you as know, it the, does the, as it does, you know, but, but it'll happen. The best things in life you got to wait for, right? Yeah, but let's make it happen. Like pizza. You got like to wait for pizza. Sometimes you do have to wait for pizza. Oh, yep. man. No, Full well, circle. Miranda, thank you so much for, for being on Talking Lion. And I'm, I'm looking forward to everything. So thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was awesome. Really appreciate it. We would like to thank Alan C. for supporting Talking Lion on Patreon and Isotope.